Hello, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining me once again. My name is Paul. You're listening to The Unbroken Ground. Uh, it's pretty exciting that this is the 20th episode of me just talking to a microphone, doing a podcast, um, not counting all the other things, the interviews, the the, the uh, flex times, all that kind of stuff. So we have, there's a few other episodes out, but just as far as the main Sunday episode that comes out once a week, this is episode number 20, which is pretty cool. Uh, so thank you for joining me. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is uh, the 20th time, I'm super impressed and honored and, hum- and humbled uh, that you would continue to listen. Uh, and I hope that you are uh, getting encouragement to be more like Jesus every day. Uh, so yeah, that is, uh, we're going to, um, I still don't have necessarily a um, single direction for the month of May, so it may just be a bunch of a one-offs, but uh, just continuing uh, talking about um our relationship with Jesus and my relationship and what that means. And so today I'm just going to continue to talk about that. Uh, I have a great quote from Tim Keller that I want to break down. Um, And uh, yeah, that's what it's going to be about. The title is going to be, Who Do You Think You Are? And I hope that you get some encouragement from this as you listen. Um, And that you will uh, continue to listen, tell your friends. uh, If you get any encouragement, share it with uh, people that you love um, so that they might be encouraged as well. Uh, If you do have any feedback, you can always find us on Facebook, facebook forward slash The Unbroken Ground. You can email at theunbrokenground at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, follow, send a message over there as well at uh, underscore the unbroken underscore ground all kinds of good stuff over there. So um, again, thank you for uh, listening and uh, let's dive in. So yeah, um, there's a quote that I saw this week that um, really just made me think um, about a lot of stuff and uh, it's by Tim Keller uh, I was just scrolling through Instagram and one of the things that um, I saw and just read uh, just made me really think about some of the other things like talking about um, last week when I was talking about are you out of your mind when like how are you living your life how, how is that being different um, and also just thinking about the uh, there was a, a blog that I wrote about um, we have 7,000 words a day um, and what what are we saying with our words, the overflow? And from that, there's this idea, what Jesus says is that out of the overflow from your heart comes the words that you say. And so are we speaking love? And what does that truly look like? If you look at First uh, Corinthians 13 about what Paul says, this is what love is. Are the things that we are saying, um, the things, are they showing, speaking love? And uh, so one of the things that I um, have just really been thinking through and convicted about is this idea of who Jesus is, because Jesus is this very complex person, and we often try to simplify things down because we we just we don't like complexity uh, as human beings, as as Americans, as as just as Western thinkers. We we want. Um, the the simplest things we want the easy things um, because it's because there's so much there's so much complexity in our world um, there's so much uh, that we have to figure out and live with and think through that that we like simple things and and the the issue is that Jesus himself is not a simple idea or person um, so Jesus 
manifest um, both the love of God, he's, he's, he's very loving, and also the truth of God. And so in the places where he needs to call out sin, he calls out sin. In the places where he needs to proclaim love, he proclaims love. Um, and he, he, he's able to walk that tightrope of um, being both uh, a bearer of bad news, telling letting people know that, hey, they're sinful, and also the the bearer of the best news, which is that they are loved um, tremendously without without end in in God. Um, And so there's this quote uh, by by Tim Keller, and I'm going to read it and then kind of jump in a little bit more into that idea. Like, what does it mean to have a mature understanding of Jesus? And then who are we Um, Because if we are followers of Jesus, uh, if we're his disciples, then we are um, something new. Uh, That's what, that's new creation. We've talked about that before. We'll talk about that again. That's just continuing that if you're a follower of Christ, as we talked about last week, so tying that back in, your life is going to be lived different. So, so who is Jesus? Um, And then, then who are we? Who do we think we are? So this is what Tim Keller says. He says, the gospel is this. We are, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. <clears throat> let, me, let me read that again. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the, same, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. And I, th- I think that one of the ways that um, I see this in the Gospels is in the way that Jesus interacts with all the people around him. And um, he has um, truth for those that need to hear truth. Um, he has love for those who need to hear love. Um, and he, he's always doing it at the right amount, the right time. Um, and, and this is what I think is so hard to understand is because um, we, we struggle so much today with trying to balance out Jesus's truth with his love. Um, and so yeah, there's just so many topics. There's so many things in our world today that um, we want an easy, simple answer to, and it's just too complex. It's just too, um, it, it's just too deep, and it, and it takes um, not just a, a, there's just not an easy answer, um, but that's what we seek. And, and then also, if you think about like the idea of trying to discuss these things and proclaim these things over a social media, which, which is all about just quick takes and, and uh, pithy statements and, and has no depth to it, then, then we, we struggle. Um, and so I think that, that when I think about Jesus, I think about the idea of um, the fact that uh, the story of Zacchaeus comes to mind. Zacchaeus was a, a tax collector who, um, who was hated because he was working with the Roman Empire. He was taking taxes for the empire. They were from, from the Jewish nation. Um, not only that, uh, the way that he generally made his money is he took a little off the top. And so if, if you owed a um, dollar, then he was like, oh, well, actually, you owe a dollar fifty. And so he would he would take a um, an amount off the top because he was like, I'm collecting your taxes. I'm the one that's going to get that, get you, get that to Rome. Um, if you don't get it to Rome, you get into trouble. Um, and the convenience fee, uh, as we would say today, on <laughs> if you're buying <laughs> online stuff, the convenience fee is the 
fifty it's the fifty cents that you owe me, and so I'm just you know um, just just gonna take advantage of that, uh, which was really um, in a, a lot of ways just kind of an underhanded cheating, um, and that's how he even he even knew it, and so. Um, so Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus, and and it's hard to it doesn't it doesn't explain exactly what what he's heard, but but Zacchaeus has heard enough that he wants he wants to see him. He wants to I think he he wants to really meet him, but I think that that was kind of just beyond Zacchaeus' imagination that he would he would meet Jesus, um, because Jesus was. Uh, this religious guy who was followed around by these religious people, and he was always, he was he was always surrounded by a crowd. And Zacchaeus was kind of an outcast. Not not only was he an outcast, but um, he was short. He he was um, inconsequential. So in his mind, I'm sure he was like, "Why would Jesus ever want to meet with me? Why would Jesus ever want to speak to me?" But but there was something in Zacchaeus that was that that was driving him to want to see Jesus. There was something about Jesus that was so attractive, that was so um, curious, that was so just I've got to see what this is all about. That Zacchaeus climbed up a tree to see. He he couldn't see over the crowd, so he, he found a tree to climb up into. And I mean, just I mean, can you imagine uh, a grown man? scrambling up a tree to see this this guy named Jesus and and above all of that Jesus sees him and not just not not just Jesus doesn't just see a guy in a tree he doesn't just see the this this oddity that this why is this weirdo hanging out in this tree um, over so he can like what's going on with that but instead Jesus sees him and he sees what he needs and what Zacchaeus needs is an invitation to have dinner with Jesus and so Jesus says Zacchaeus come down from the tree because I need to go to your house and have dinner and Zacchaeus comes down and his whole life is transformed in a moment it says that Zacchaeus says Jesus, I am no longer going to steal and I'm going to pay back three times or ten times or I'm, I'm going to be generous with my paying back if I have robbed anyone. And so Jesus goes to his house and he, and he, and, and he reclines and he eats. Um, and, and this is the thing that I think is so complex about Jesus um, is that people who understood their sin. See, Jesus didn't have to go Zacchaeus you're a dirty dog. You're stealing. You're stealing from the people. You're stealing from God. You're a thief. You're cheating people. You 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 need to repent. You need to get your life right. And if you don't, you're gonna you're gonna go to hell. You are you are a dirty dirty person. And that's not the message that Jesus has for Zacchaeus. Instead, Jesus has this invitation. He says, Jesus, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I want to eat with you. And immediately Zacchaeus is touched by this idea that if Jesus wants to meet with me or eat with me or be with me, then I need to be the kind of person that gets to hang out with Jesus. And and I think that 
we complicate it so much because um, we think that we try, I think, in the today's church and today's Christianity, and especially in America, we try to do this the opposite way, is that we try to make people clean and righteous before they can come to be with Jesus. We try, like, we, we try very much to get people right before we get them saved. We, we, we invite people, even in the best of times, we invite people, but we also, we also feel compelled to tell them about their sin. And I think the interesting thing to remember is that, that Jesus' harshest words were for the religious of his day. They were for the religious of his day. They, they weren't for the sinners. I mean, Jesus, So and, and this is the complexity of Jesus, because Jesus is able to say this. He's able to say, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. And, 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 and it's like Jesus understands that the people, because you know what, because you know what the people had been telling, had, had been hearing all of their life from, from the religious authority, from the religious experts, they had been hearing that God hated them, that God didn't like them, God, God detested their sin, that they couldn't be close to Jesus, or couldn't be close to God because of the sin, because of the choices, because of their life. And, and, and that was the message that they heard over and over again from the from the the religious elite the people who knew best they would they would be ostracized they would be they would be left outside the temple they couldn't come in and Jesus said when the Pharisees asked him they said Jesus why are you eating with sinners why, why are you hanging out with these do, do you don't you understand who it is that you're hanging out with and and Jesus said yeah and he told he, he would tell a story, and uh, but in, in this case, I think he, he just said, "It's it's not the it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick." And and here's the thing: Jesus understood that the Pharisees needed a doctor. <laughs> they were he would go on to say that the Pharisees were whitewashed tombs that they they perfected looking good on the outside, but they were dead and rotting on the inside. And so he he knew that they needed a doctor too but but like the person who doesn't know they're sick whose sickness is is has been wrecking havoc on their body but they haven't that hasn't registered yet like some kind of virus or disease that hasn't manifested some outward symptoms the pharisees believed that they were righteous self-righteous that they didn't need the savior and because they they believe that they missed god in the flesh the the most educated the most religious the 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 ones who knew the scripture the best missed jesus they missed the son of god because he didn't look like what they thought he would look like they in fact he came and and they that that was the question they had to who do you think you are jesus who do you think you are? You're you're forgiving people's sins? And Jesus would go, oh, okay. Just so you know that I have the power to forgive people's sins. This is what he says to the to the guy when the when the uh, the, the friends open up the roof and, and, and Laura and the their friend who's uh, on the mat. He says, Friend, your sins have been forgiven. Um 
and and the and the Pharisees in their minds, like they don't they're not saying this out loud, but they're thinking, Who is this guy? Forgiven sins? That's blasphemy. You, only God can do that. And Jesus says, Okay, okay. Just so you know. Just so you know that I have that power. Hey buddy, get up and walk. You're you're you've been healed. And he does. Jesus is very complex and we we try we try to simplify things because it's hard for us to to hold the two halves together. It's hard for us to be like Jesus because Jesus was able to 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 live out his truth. Like Jesus never was like, "Oh, yeah, it's okay to sin." That's not that's not ever what he said. Um, Jesus was calling people to a a, a type of life. Um, but people didn't feel like they were being judged by him. They didn't feel like that. They they wanted to hang out with him. I mean, that's what that's what Jesus says. He says he's like John was out in the desert, and and you, um, and you made you you were like this. What's up with this weirdo? And now I come and and you you accuse me of being a drunkard because I'm hanging out with the sinners and and going to parties and and he's like well what is your what do you want <laughs> you didn't like john who was a weirdo out in the desert and you don't like me because i am too too friendly with people and and so i think i think the question goes back to and and it's a long journey to get back here but i think it is is this is that as people we have to realize that we are we are we are broken that our sin, that our desires, that our minds are completely seeking the wrong things. Until Jesus comes in to interrupt our life, um, and there's nothing we can do to change that. There's nothing we can do. It's all by the grace of God. But, but once we have the grace of God, like once we realize, and so that's what, that's what I think the whole quote by Tim Keller is so important because it's, it's, it's like, hey, you are sick. You, are, you will need a doctor. And the doctor that you need is Jesus and he has a cure. But until we admit that, until we, until we come back to that day after day and, and allow Jesus' love to shape us and change us and make us into the people that he wants us to be, We're, we're missing the point. Until we are shaped by the very Savior of the world, we, we, we miss the point. But I think the flip side of that is, is that we have to understand and know that there are going to be days that we are going to, we're going to, we're going to mess up. There are, going to be, there are going to be times when we don't have it all figured out. And because we don't, um, we're going to miss the point. And when we do, we, have, we get to lean on the fact that we have a loving Savior who loves us deeper than we can even imagine, more than we could even pretend to know. He loves us beyond anything that we could understand. Enough to die that we might have life. Enough to die that we might live forever. Enough to suffer on a cross. So then the question becomes, who is it that we are? Who do we think we are?
there's there's a story um, in the Old Testament, um, pretty famous, about a, a gentleman named Isaiah, and God calls comes to him and calls him, and he said, "Who who who will go for me?" And um, Isaiah says, "Send me, Lord, send me." And I think that um, if you're a follower of Jesus, that at some point we have to get to that place where we know that Jesus is calling us forward to follow him and to go. And that may mean that um, it's it's where you, wherever you might be. So at, when you're if you're at home, uh, if you if you go to work, if you go to school, if you uh, if you go to church. Um, that 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 God has uh, an immense move going on. That God is moving in in big, mighty ways all around us all the time, and he and he uses his followers, those people who have said yes to him, to accomplish great things in his name. And so I think of I think that we have tried to to section off our lives because again it's it's complicated <laughs> it's complicated to be both it's complicated to be a doctor and a christian or a teacher and a christian or a lawyer and a christian or a musician and a christian or a, an actor and a christian um and 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 i think that it is it is immensely important that we figure out who it is then that god calls us to be it's immensely it's immensely important that we go back, that we start with that place where God first calls us, that, that place that God places that calling in our hearts and remember it. That we move back to our, that we, were, we think back to our Zacchaeus moment. We think back to our Damascus road. We think back to our, our time when we, we met Jesus and we understood that we were his to, to f that we were his children, that we were his workmanship, that he had things for us to do, and, and we do that. Because we are broken beyond understanding, deeper. The sin, the desires of the flesh run deep and hard, and, and they, they want to kill and destroy, and they want to bring death, and they want to bring that into our lives and your flesh and, and the spiritual and, and the battle all happening, and yet God's love is greater. And he's made us into a new creation. You're a new creation with a new name, with a new purpose, with a new, with a new title. You're a child of God. You're loved, and you're called. And so the question is, what is it that God's calling you to? What is it that, that, what move, what is God doing around you right now? And he's like, hey, hey, get in, let's go. Come be a part. Or what is he calling you to start? I, I think that, um, I'm, I think that uh, in America it seems often dark and disappointing because we look at culture and look how how divisive it is we look at how meaningless we argue over some very meaningless things or some very meaningful things that have no resolution and it can feel 
it can feel depressing and, and it can feel distant and it can feel disruptive um, that that we're, um, we're we're not just moving along that that um, things aren't just all happy and moving in the same direction but what I do think is yeah all that exists um, constant fighting constant battle looking at your neighbors as an enemy um, hating people um, gun violence but I also know that God's moving and he's working in people's hearts and lives and he's changing people and and my prayer my cry is that I just want to be a part of that that wherever God calls me to be where, wherever I work where I go to church where I, I spend my free time that that's the desire is that I would be a part of this movement of God, that I would understand that my sin was deep, but his love was deeper, that I am a flawed individual on my own strength, but but in Christ, I am a new creation with a new purpose called to, to live out the gospel truth, to be able to be both life and death to people, to be both love and truth, to be in the same way that Jesus was to Zacchaeus, that people would just that people would enjoy being around me, but also be challenged by the darkness in their lives, that they would want something more. That I would live such open-handedly, as that I would live like David and say, God, if, if you have me to be the king, I'll be the king. If you want me to be a shepherd, I'll be a shepherd. If you want me, whatever you want me to be, that's where I'll be. And that we would be such a blessing to the people that, that are in our lives. That, that people would desire to be more, would, or just even just to understand who, why we are the way we are, and that people would want to be more like us. That we would encourage people with the things that we do, the things that we say, the, the way that we are, the way that we care for people, the way we treat people, the way we live our lives, that it would direct people and point them directly back to who Jesus is. And that people would not, we, we wouldn't have to tell people their sin. And I think that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, I think we get so caught up in this um, idea that you're like, well, I, I can't, I, I don't know what to say to people when they, when they espouse something that's a sin. Like, how do I tell them? Do I just look at them and go, ah, it's a sin? Do they need to know? Ah, sometimes they do. Sometimes maybe it's a foreign concept. But I think more and more, I think that people have been told and, and they just don't accept it or they just, they don't know what to do with it. Like, I think that was like the people of Jesus' day. Jesus didn't didn't have to tell people. Did, did, Jesus didn't have to tell Zacchaeus that stealing money was wrong. He knew that was wrong. He knew that he was cheating people. And and when Jesus looked up to him and, and said, "Hey, we're gonna go eat at your house," Zacchaeus automatically had a response for Jesus's acceptance. When Jesus said, "Hey, I'm." I'm going to know you. I'm going to be in your life. Zacchaeus automatically was like, well, I got some things I got to take care of. When, when, when Peter is on the boat and, and Jesus says, hey, put them down on the other side and suddenly they catch fish, Peter falls down and says, away from me, I'm a sinful man. I think that people need less 
a repeated understanding that they are broken because I think people understand that they are broken and, and, and I think that that when we just continue to point that out but we don't help them understand how it cannot be broken then we give them the judgment without any hope and so we must follow Jesus' example and and display the truth of that gospel the gospel is this is that you are broken deeper than you could even imagine but you are loved you are loved more than you could even dream like even if you even if you could just dream out and dream up in the amount of love that you could have it would be greater it would be greater god's love is greater even than what you could dream of it's infinitely better and i think that um, the unfortunate side effect or, or what we've done or, or how we, we've interacted with people is that we've told them you are broken, but we haven't told them about the infinite love that God has for them. Because honestly, I, I don't have to change anybody. I, I, I'm only really responsible for myself and the choices that I make um, and and in the relationships and helping people become more like Jesus. I'm, I'm not responsible for the changes you make. The Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the one that goes in and changes people's hearts and, and convicts people. And, and I think at times we have um, tried to uh, assist or override that and say, look, well, they need to know. They need to know. They're, they're living like they don't know that their sin is sin, and they need to know. But the truth is, they do, but the Holy Spirit will reveal that. It's not, it's not our job to break their heart for their sin. The Holy Spirit does that, and, and I think that more often the people have heard more about, just from, from um, Facebook and television and um, stories and movies, people have heard more about the darkness of sin and less about the love of God. Romans says this, it says, it's your kindness, Lord, that draws us to you. It's your kindness that brings us to repentance. Yes, we need to understand our brokenness, but I think on a level, most people do. I think most people don't understand the kindness of God because they haven't seen it in people's lives. They haven't seen it lived out. And so that's the challenge. Who do you think you are? And I think that the answer is you're a broken person, just like me. But if you know Jesus, then you know love that's beyond imagination and that you are to live out a life that, that proclaims his goodness, his kindness, and his truth. That we would be seeking to be like Jesus, who we could say, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. That that balance of, I have no condemnation for you, but go and sin no more. That's who we should be, those kinds of people, that our kindness would lead to repentance, just like we would live out our kindness to the point to God's kindness, because God's kindness brings repentance. And we live in a world that's full that's full of people who need to hear truth and repent. But they, they most, mostly will only experience that because of the kindness of God. And, and God uses us and the kindness of the things that we do and say. So there's your challenge. 
who is it you think you are? And then how, how, how is it that God is calling you to live? Make that your prayer this week. God, how am I to live?